0: Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. It is a ghastly Monday morning and I was just saying to somebody a moment ago how I'm not feeling particularly full of the joys of spring this morning. I don't know why it is. I think it's partly to do with the weather. I don't normally care what the weather's doing, but in July, surely to God it should be a little bit warmer, a little bit less wet, shouldn't it? I mean, if you wanted it to be like that, you'd be living in Manchester, which is not where we live. We live in London, which was last year at this time, basking in 40 degree heat. Anyway, that's enough about the climate change nonsense because Peter Hitchens is here, and we're not going to talk about that. Well, we may do uh, later on. Oh, we are. Talk- actually like
1: this weather? Yeah, I do. You? Yes, I do. I we- sleep. I sleep well. Yes. It's Cool in the evenings. Yeah. The the the, the, the trees get plenty of, of water. It's it's, it's pr- very it's, green. It's, 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 it's English summer as I remember it from my own childhood. And this, we have had a period when it's been too hot in the summer, but this is yes. much more like. Yes, I, I mean I'm you're right. I I don't I love like it. it. I don't like it when it's
0: too hot. No, but well it, it would be nice to have. I mean, I do. I, mean, I was out for dinner last night, and I did quite enjoy sitting outside this restaurant in Borough Market. Watching the people walking past, and it was it was not raining and it was quite balmy. I quite like that. It was beautiful yesterday, and then, and then you got a bit of rain. I
1: don't know why people complain. We have the most the, the most temperate and enjoyable and civilized climate in the world. Yes. but the world's on fire, Peter, do you not know that? Uh, well, it's on the BBC. yeah, but we're not on. <laughs> the BBC's the- on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed,
0: no, we may get onto that later on. Uh, you wrote this weekend about uh, education, I did. which re- resonated a lot with me because I, like you, went to university when not very many people did. Yeah. And you came out of it not in debt. Um, you came out no. of it thinking, wow, that was an interesting couple of years. Um, and you didn't really
1: know what to then do. Well, fortunate, fortunately, I did, but right. I think a lot of my contemporaries didn't. And right. I quoted my, one of my near contemporaries, Linda Grant, the novelist who's written a, 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 a book about her her time at the University of York where we both yes. were. Yes.
0: And the University of York is always a quite a good place to go. It was nice. It? Yeah, yeah. It
1: it was it was, uh, but it, it, was a, it, it was a sort of magic island. It was completely unlike the surroundings. It was it was as if the modern world had been created mm. in a small zone. Just outside the city of York, you wandered out of it, yeah. and you you were back in the in the English nineteenth. So it was was it one of those scientists. sort of red
0: brick? It was um, plate, plate glass. Yeah.
1: Uh, we call it. It was it was, it was very, really cheap buildings. Some uh, something called clasp. It was all bolted together. Right. Uh, I think the old Holloway prison had been yes. built of the same stuff. Yeah, I it went to, to Bath University, which was
0: built, built with but something a, similar. A, Things were already falling n- off it.
1: No architectural distinction, but uh, uh, the biggest plastic bottom lake in Europe and <laughs> and, and, and lots of trees. But it, it, the, there it was. I, I, it, it, I got a lot out of it, but I thought a lot of people didn't. What, what Linda wrote mm. in her book was that at the end of it, it was it was like a, a lorry load of baby koalas being yes. tipped out on an ice floe. Right. People who were it, what could they do? What right. were they fit for? And the other point I I made was, you know, Neil Kinnock used to go on about. He, he was the first the first kinnock in 20 generations to go to university. Mm. Well, I couldn't say that because my brother went to university before. Right. Uh, but it, it, you could equally well say he was the first person in 20 generations to wear polyester. It's not <laughs> a distinction because no. at that time, huge numbers of people were were going to university whose forebears had never dreamt of going to university. Yeah. question was, mm. and if I had longer in my in, in my column, which, of course, one always yearns for can't have, on Sunday, I would have said, "Were we actually better educated?" And I was always struck by the way in which, was my grandfather who was a council school teacher, was far better educated yeah. in both English literature and history than I was. Uh, as were his, uh, as were his children. Yeah. I mean, they could just quote stuff off. Well, my
0: things. father left school at fifteen yeah. and was better educated than me. This is the problem, isn't it? You
1: know, secondary education, even up to fifteen, uh, was providing yeah. for many people a, a, a better grounding in mm. what you really need to know. Yeah. Than what is it now? Uh, you, people who, uh, at school and university from the age of five to about 12, so sixteen years, yeah. pretty much a right. full time education, and we know less than our grandparents yes. did. It's very and true. That tells you, I think, something very crucial. Yeah. We the the other thing about university, I, I think it was I couldn't find the quote. I think it was President Woodrow Wilson, uh, the, 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 the 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 great American liberal president, yeah. who said, who was also a university president at. Princeton, he said, the purpose of university was to make a man disagree with his father. Yes, uh, I think people. I like that. We, well, that was a great it, quote. It's true. Yeah, it does that, and I, is is that a good thing? Yeah, I, people no, people are supposed. Surely Definitely. the family is supposed to bring people up uh, to respect. their for most cultures hugely respect uh, forebears, fathers, ancestors, the family. It's only in our flippity flimzy modern culture that people fling aside. Uh, the wisdom of their own families, and yes. think it's, and think they're distinguished uh, by turning their backs on what, on what all the previous generations of their, of of their family thought. That's what Kinnock was really talking yeah. about. Uh, he was, he was, uh, I, I think, and probably still is, considerably more left wing than most of his forebears. Yeah, probably. But
0: I think the other thing about going to university was that it was kind of. Um, Supposed to be mind enhancing, it was supposed to broaden the mind, and it doesn't seem to fulfill that.
1: Well, it did that anymore. for me, I mean, I've no doubt. I mean, I had some very good teachers, and also I was meeting people I disagreed with a lot and yeah. taking part in debates mm. and, uh, and, and, and troublemaking of all kinds. And it certainly did that for me, but yeah. I'm not sure it does it for a lot of people, especially nowadays when so many universities are so conformist, yes. everybody's expected to hold the same view. We weren't, we were still in the age where it was quite permissible to disagree. Yeah,
0: absolutely right. But also, in those days, you didn't ever dream of, of doing it sort of um, uh, remotely or from home or, you know, you would actually physically go to a lecture yeah, and uh, you would physically talk to people and you University would then meet was,
1: people. The was beginning then. I think it had begun, in the Wilson set it up in mm. the 60s. I have very high regard for the Open University I and mean, the, the people I know who've gone and done OU courses yeah. have had very, very serious high-level education and have got a lot out of it. So I'm very much in favour of that. Well, funnily enough, Bath used to be
0: one of the places where during the um, holidays, the Open University would have actual classes at at the university for people from the OU. And we would always come back to hear great tales of daring do of all sorts of shenanigans that these Open University students used to get up to. Um, when they weren't in but class, see, the
1: things I think a lot of people, when they hit their thirties or forties, begin to realise that they could do with a broader, and yeah. broader education, and I think that's the way to solve it. I think the huge strengthening of, of, of the OU and distance learning for people in later life, because it's not really practical, is it, if you if you've got a job and you're supporting a family, no, to go back to university.
0: And it's very, and more and more now you have hardly any time to do anything. I mean, I find myself busier now than I've yeah, ever been, and true. finding time to do anything like that would be out of the question.
1: But I think I think that. The, the, the people who say, "Well, you you can't deprive people of university education." Well, actually, I think a lot of people would get a lot more out of it if they had it much later. I realised long after I left university how much more I would have got out of it yeah. if I'd been if I'd been a bit a bit older and more mature. I mean, what I, I, got, I got out, was out of It's the it wrong was, time was, for most people. Yes, but for some people, it's the right time. But there are small minority. We yes. have to select them very carefully, and that's what we don't do. We just take everybody so off. You go to university, uh, whether they really want to know. Mm. whether they want to go, whether they know what they're going for or not. I well, some people
0: good. have suggested to me that it might be a good idea to actually change around the way that we treat people in general, that you retire later, but you also start work later. Uh, you know, so. Maybe you, what, you don't get your first job until you're 25. No,
1: I think work's so important. I think if you haven't worked, then you've got... Uh, one of my advantages when I got to university is I had done some mm. actual jobs. Yes. Uh, and and earn some money and pays some tax. So I knew things which a lot yes. of people didn't know. I think mm. no, I think work. You no, know, I agree with work, you. Work soon.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 working from the age of about fourteen or fifteen. Apparently, mm. it's more difficult now because health and safety. don't oh, very, very um, But yeah, I mean, I've got two teenage sons now. One is eighteen. One is sixteen. Thinking about what they what they do next, and and I'm not sure that they will both go to university now
1: because. It is such a daunting prospect. Yeah, you'd be in you many know? cases better off signing up for a yeah. course as a plumber. Yeah, definitely. You, you might, well, you might ha- well have a more satisfying life mm. as well. But, of course, our education system is so prejudiced against that. First of all, it doesn't really help people with vocational education in secondary school at all much anymore, no. anyway. Secondly, the, 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 there's this total separation between the academic and the technical if you in the Netherlands, I'm told, if if, if your plumber comes around to fix your pipe, and he can talk to you about literature or yeah. history, or any of these, because the education system there assumes that everybody right. ought to be well educated as far as possible in everything, and that we don't sort of, do that. But that was, I mean, my father grew up in Scotland, so in
0: Scotland that was kind of the education yep. system. You know, whether you were working in the shipyards or whether you were going on to be a law professor you had the same basic secondary new, school education
1: stuff yeah but all that's gone now mm. scotland, even in scotland Scottish well my favorite story was, the, was wrecked as, as badly as the english in the 60s
0: my favorite story of the weekend um was the one about the beano going woke i don't know if you saw that <laughs> um dead. but i think this partly may explain the problem in the in the education system because they've now not only changed some of the characters and said you can't call fatty fatty um but they've also changed the teachers Right, so these, the the teachers are no longer walloping Dennis the Menace with no. a slipper. They're now apparently portrayed as sympathetic and nurturing.
1: Yes, isn't that terrible? Which I think is the problem, isn't it? I mean, what was, it, what was the point of the Bino? Yeah. The, the Bino was never sympathetic or nurturing. But
0: also, who wants a sympathetic and nurturing teacher? I don't.
1: Well, no, I suppose. I mean, I, I'd much of rather of have the,
0: somebody that I thought was a bit scary life. and maybe knew more yeah. than I did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't want the teacher to go, but we all know the same thing, you know, your version well, is just was as ridic- important as mine. R- there
1: was a ridiculous period when it was claimed that the word educate came from some Latin word meaning I lead out, but it doesn't. <laughs> it actually comes from a Latin <laughs> word meaning educate. Yes. I mean, this enough. wasn't true. The, the idea was that it was all within you anyway. Yeah. The, the whole total knowledge of the universe right. was within you. It just needed somebody nice to lead it out. Yeah. I think Which there's is, some truth. Course, hogwash.
0: Yeah. I think there is some truth to the lack of discipline in schools actually and I'm not going to say people should be caned don't worry but well, I think no, I think the more fr- it's a bit like having friendly parents isn't it I mean you know you don't want your parents to be too friendly no because that doesn't really work no you have to be a bit frightened of them no. don't but you
1: the, the problem is that, that for a lot of teachers uh, their job is is partly social work yeah partly policing mm. And only partly teaching, yeah. you know, because there's so much of the, there's so, there's, there's so much disorder.
0: Yeah. Partly because they're so big. We were talking about Widdicombe this morning, actually, and your name came up, because I said we often talk about the kind of collapse of the family, traditional yeah. family. And a statistic came up that something like 46% of children under the age of 14 yeah.
1: now live without two parents. That's right.
0: Which is a massive amount. It's people. a
1: huge social change. And I have to say, it doesn't look to me as if it's been a success. It's no. particularly bad for boys. Mm. Because boys who have no father in their lives seem to me to start out, statistically I think this is demonstrable, yeah. with a disadvantage. Of course there are individual cases where, 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 where single mothers do right. very well, but in general, statistically, it's not a good thing. Mm. And I think it's been a mistake that we've, we've encouraged it, and we've, we've as it were, done nothing to encourage mm. uh, the formation and the security of actual solid family yeah. life people uh, it, it's it's missing and it, again if you go into the prisons you'll find a huge number of the people there for they can't read because the schools are no good uh, and they in many cases they had no they had no father's prison right. in their lives and, and it's easy for the schools to change. leave it like that isn't it well it's, it, these things are fixable hmm. they, they are actually fixed it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze but they, we don't seem to want to fix them. Mm. The trouble is all our social policies, all our tax policies, all our welfare policies tend, support, tend towards supporting uh, families as his said, of, of all kinds, yeah. But families which are in many cases without fathers—I think yeah. it's a mistake.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Peter Hitchens is here. We're going to talk a bit about the Coots Bank uh, scandal because there's another development in that today uh, in the Daily Telegraph. We'll also talk a little bit more uh, about the planning rules which are supposed to be being changed so we can build yet more houses. But they don't want to concrete over the green belt. That's what they say. This is Talk TV
1: on the app on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV.
0: Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Peter Hitchens is here from the Mail on Sunday. We, sh- we haven't really spoken about it, I don't think, because last week we didn't. Um, the whole business of the, the, uh, the banking business, no, closing people's accounts because they didn't like the look of their politics or they didn't like you, their friendships. Shall I, are, I tell
1: you what's fascinating about mm-hmm. me? I wonder, in two or three years' time, whether the banks will have stopped doing this or whether after a period of, uh, of how should we say, fake contrition, mm. they start doing it again yeah. in a big way. Has this actually, it's been exposed, yeah. but I don't see any sign in the behavior of the banks of any real contrition, any real feeling that what they've done is wrong. And here is a general development in our society where the, the, the holding of certain opinions and the expressing of certain opinions will get you into trouble with almost any official or important body and that's going to, yes. it seems to me, intensify. Whether it's a government department, your local mm-hmm. authority, your children's school. If they can find anything in your life which they consider to be non-inclusive, uh, then they will increasingly feel able to exclude you from, yes. uh, from getting services and, uh, and, and reasonable treatment which ought to be available to every free person. And that, I think, the, the, the really interesting thing about this is come back in three years yeah. and tell me, has this got better? Or has it, in fact, continued and gone well, I reckon it'll get worse. The genie's
0: out of the bottle now, because today in The Telegraph you've got another story about Richard Tice's problems with Metro Bank, Yorkshire Building Society, American Express as well. Lloyd's Banking Group have apparently admitted um, that they may collect information from published media and social networks. Well, they have
1: to be careful. If, if they denied that, then who knows what lies around. In, in, it's, it's, I was quite surprised. I, um, I suppose it's because of the government Takeover of the banks mm. that allowed Nigel Farage uh, to do a subject access request because I, I didn't uh, I, I'm not sure I what, didn't know there was such a thing. Well, there is. You can do it with the BBC and good right. luck with that. But it, it and various other things. And when I was doing my inquiries into uh, with Silky Carlo and Big Brother Watch about yeah. about some weird surveillance during the Covid panic, uh, I, I did some subject access requests. You can but generally they they work on those same bodies which freedom of information applies yes. to. So I suppose it must be, because the government took over its banks during the the Mm. 2008 crisis, that it must be possible. It never crossed my mind you could do it with Coots.
0: Well, the first time I saw anything like this was once about probably three years ago or so when I applied for a visa to go to America, a a visitor's visa, and it asked for the first time what your social media accounts were. Did it? Yeah. And it wasn't compulsory um, to put them down, but I believe now it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, you know. So you're thinking about you know. because so, I was at the time, obviously, I think Donald Trump was the president. There was quite a lot of yeah. you know to-ing and froing about uh, the American politics. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to give them my Twitter account. So I gave him a Facebook account, right? Um, because I thought that was relatively safe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think more and more organisations are certainly looking at people's. Oh, th- it'll be no, banking, social media,
1: output, banking, travel, um, higher education, employment, all kinds of things. Mm. You'll find you put in an application it will pop up saying actually. So say for instance, I wanted to do a second degree late in life. Right? Uh, I, would I be surprised if the university I applied to came back to me and said, "We're well, we terribly sorry, Mr. we're looking into your record. We don't yes, think we've read some of your you're articles. Unacceptable student." Right? Uh, and that's. I don't that, think you that would be surprised. Hasn't happened yet. No. But I think it's the kind of thing which will be happening yeah. in an increasingly narrowing society where you can only hold mm. certain views. Like the, a lot of the views that people are getting given a hard time for at the moment are ones which a lot of people might disprove. That's up to them. I don't care about that. No. It doesn't. It, once you allow anybody uh, to be discriminated against on this basis, then everybody is vulnerable to it. Well, any, and also interestingly, opinion.
0: in this story, a lot of the banking organisations are saying we don't normally. Um, investigate anybody's kind of you know social media output unless we have a complaint yes, so what's normally, but of course who can anybody, anybody can, can anybody can complain. anybody
1: can complain people do of course complain about me
0: yes and there are now bodies which will complain about you if they don't like your politics oh, yes and, and that's all they do and they're
1: very good at it how yeah, good is uh, no, it no, no, I, I just feel this this in, in, incessant narrowing and darkening of life so that the, the what we we grew up with to take uh, to take utterly for granted as if it was the air we breathe and the water we drank. The, the straightforward bases of freedom yeah. of speech are actually disappearing very fast. But I think also, there are, that going back
0: to the university generation, the people who are currently at university probably think it's a good thing. I mean, certainly the reactions of what happened to Nigel Farage from those on the left, many of whom would be quite young, Actually, thought there was nothing wrong with it.
1: That's true. And when I was at university, I was myself on the far left and was involved in some attempts to to stop people from speaking to my lasting shame. But the interesting thing was that then, in the early seventies, quite a lot of other students and particularly uh, also members of the faculty, the the professors and lecturers, Mm. they turned up and and opposed what we on the left were doing. Said no, these people must be allowed to speak. It was a strong. And uh, a very powerful defense of freedom of speech, mm. which uh, w- which taught us an uh, important lessons yeah. and also was ex- entirely proper in a university setting. Now, I don't think you get that. No,
0: because I think they're, they're, they're taught from a young age at secondary school that there is no such thing as giving people a platform to say something that you don't doesn't, like. It doesn't, doesn't, s- doesn't, that.
1: doesn't seem to be understood, does it? No. It just doesn't. People, you, 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 you meet people and you think that no one's ever said to them, uh, that you should defend the, the the freedom of of your opponents mm. to speak. It's never been. No. Whereas it was, dinned into us, uh, at school. And when I became a, a hard leftist, I understood that I was abandoning mm. a, a position which most people held. Yes. Whereas now people become hard leftists by default because it's what they're taught. They don't even know they are becoming. Mm. Leftists. Well, exactly. Go through school well, as walk, you described to um,
0: Tony Blair and and Sir Keir Starmer at the weekend. You know, they are a lot more left wing than people. It's think.
1: amazing how left wing they are, yeah. and yet I, and yet it's just it's just never remarked
0: upon. No. Because Tony Blair's seen as practically Tory by some of the Corbynistas, and they go, "Well, he can't possibly be left-wing no, because no, he's not don't. as left-wing as we are."
1: They, they don't. Well, he's left-wing in a different way. But he, he actually, it, yeah. The Corbynistas are steam-powered left-wingers. Almost, almost, <laughs> almost, almost like those those, those Luddites. revived branch lines yes. where people wear those old caps and smoke pipes and, 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 and shovel gates. coal into. Yeah. The, but but the, the Starmer and Blair are modern uh, nuclear age yes. leftists, and it's a much smoother thing. Much more dangerous. And as much well. more dangerous yeah. because it doesn't look so. It doesn't look anything. Absolutely
0: right. It. So let's talk about the planning rules yeah. which they're changing. Um, they say they want to build more houses. I keep saying this, and I don't know whether it's only me, but everywhere I go, certainly in the southeast of England, they're building houses everywhere.
1: They are. No, I, mean, there's I I, there's I can't see spread. how
0: they could build more houses than they currently over building. but
1: they can. And of course it, it spreads into what happens a lot, of course, in, in areas which are largely rural yeah. that villages expand. Yeah. So the villages themselves get quite large new housing estates clamped onto the end of them. And there is... Hey, what, of course, there's an enormous lobby of house building mm. uh, firms which want to do this. Uh, it's always it, we're always told there's a great shortage of houses in right. the country, whereas in fact what we've had is a huge wave of mass immigration, yeah. uh, which means that we we used to have a, a pretty good match between housing and population. We don't anymore. But the yeah, other thing yeah. we used to have, and it, whenever anyone raises housing policy, I say that for all conservatives they've got to reconsider this. Is the disastrous mistake of selling off the council estate. Right and that d- d- completely distorted the housing mm. market. Uh, the replacement of, of social housing as it, in that form with housing benefit is both fantastically inexpensive mm. and effective. So all these pressures need to be considered, but an awful lot of the, I mean, I live in a city which is in, in Oxford, which is constantly told there aren't enough houses, right. build, 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 build. And the pressure on the green belt, which is vital for the future of Oxford as a, as a beautiful place is, is incessant. Uh, that people consider, well, just nibble away a bit more here, a bit more there. And right. I, I, it's, I'm not convinced by it. I think that I'm not, not because even, they don't build more schools, they don't build more hospitals. They don't. They don't, they, build, they don't build. more. They don't build more water pipes no. and, more, and more sewers Absolutely. either. they're they tremendously overloaded. Yeah, and this is an increasing f- feature of this country is that the, the whole of the water system is tremendously overloaded in yeah. excess housing, and with the results that you might expect. Mm.
0: Mm, It doesn't work. And that is the problem. But they're talking about now uh, putting more houses into cities or making it more possible for people to expand their own house and put an extension on it or, you know, buy yourself a takeaway business and set it up as as a new home. I don't really see that happening.
1: Well, if, you've got to be careful with that. used to be called, councils used to hate that. It used to, used to be called backland infill, where the, the the spaciousness of suburbs would be destroyed mm. by people gradually building out and out and out. Right. And there, there have to be limits on how far you can extend. And yeah. I think if you don't, then basically gardens, back gardens mm. disappear the way front gardens have disappeared for parking. And you transform... Areas which were pleasant, quite green lungs, in which it was it was peaceful and and and, uh, and agreeable to live in, to just cram together housing. Mm. And, what, and, and what? How will future generations benefit from that? Mm. And I, th- I think there is quite a lot of ex-industrial land which could be w- which could be built on, uh, and which is not being used. I think you could make a difference. But I think the fundamental problem with this country, in in many many ways, is this pressure on all its, uh, its, its social services, on its education system, on its housing, is the huge amount of, of uncontrolled immigration, yeah. which has been going on really now for 20 years. And is increasing. And showing no sign whatsoever of relenting. No. And it, that's what the discussion is really about. Do, is it? Does it make sense to increase the population of the country to the... Uh, OK, if you want a low-wage economy, then I suppose you have to have more people. But does it really make sense to pursue this policy indefinitely? I don't think it does. I don't
0: think it does. And I don't, also don't think a low-wage economy does anyone any favors. Well, absolutely. Absolutely Either. not.
1: It's not what you want. We, no. had, we had a high-wage economy and we benefited from Right. It. Absolutely right.
0: Well, we're out of time, sadly, Peter, but good to see you. Thank you very much Thanks indeed. To Peter Hitchens. Uh, we'll put this all out as a podcast, of course, later on this afternoon. Uh, so look out for that. And uh, we'll also be giving you uh, the podcast for the whole show as well. And uh, that all comes around a bit later on. Peter, will be back next week. Uh, coming next, we're going to talk to Sarah Phillimore about the latest on the banking scandal uh, and just why.